song but this is a free podcast i don't have any sponsors and who the hell am i anyways that's a good question my name is michael g gable and i'm a model it's interesting here in la as i imagine with any other city when people ask you what do you do and i like to say model even though there's much more to me than that um at least i like to think so but i always say model because it brings up a lot of assumptions. People tend to assume that I am either a dick or dumb or both. And I've worked really hard to be neither of those things, at least most of the time, um, to the best of my ability. I'm still a work in progress, just like this podcast. Um, you know, if you hear a plane fly overhead, please excuse that. Um, I'm working with a little, you know, shoestring budget here, so bear with me. And whenever someone assumes those things about me, uh, the joke's kind of on them because A, I can sort of write them off as someone I don't need to give too much of my time to and B, they're just wrong because I've been on set with so many different models over the last five or six years and almost always there is so much more to that person than what's on the surface. As with any person, you know, everyone has a story and I think stories are fascinating. That's why when I'm driving around going to auditions all day in LA, I listen to podcasts because I think people's stories are fascinating and I can't get enough of them. And there's a lot more to this industry than people imagine as well. You know, it's it's a hustle, it's a grind, it's a lot of hard work, it's a lot of weird hours and weird schedules and missed opportunities and missed vacations and, you know, there's a lot of sacrifices, but it's also a ton of fun. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I love what I do. And that's just what I want to explore with this podcast. I want, to, I want to talk to other models. I want to talk to anyone related to the industry, photographers, casting directors, agents, um, just to get their insights about how to navigate this lifestyle, how to navigate this industry, um, tips and tricks and stories, because it's weird and it can feel a little lonely because you go to set and you meet someone for a day and then you move on and you kind of feel like a mercenary in some ways. And maybe this will just provide some information, some funny anecdotes, and some entertainment for those of you who are also in your cars driving around in LA traffic or any other traffic or at your desk at work trying to pretend like you're working, whatever you're doing. And this first episode is my good buddy and fellow model, Zach Staven. Zach and I have the same agency here in LA, and he's someone that I was intimidated by at first. I'll admit it. I still might be a little intimidated by him. He's very good looking. But he's been at this a long time. He knows what he's doing. And after I got over my intimidation, I was very inspired by him. He's the reason I became a full-time model. And he's just a great guy. We had a great conversation. So this is uh, the perfect way to kick off this podcast. Um, so enjoy. Now we're recording. Hey Zach. How's it going, Michael? Um, I like it when they don't record sound. I prefer that because I don't have to worry about my stupid voice. <laughs> yeah. You can just fake talk. Okay, Zach, here's a question. 
Yes. What were you up to when you were seven years old? Seven. <laughs> Actually, my uh, crazy father and mother decided to take me on a trip around the world. What? Yeah. We, uh, I, I, we left when I was six, but um, a month into it uh, in Australia, I turned seven and I was in, I believe I was in Australia and it was not luxurious and we were going to 21 countries for a year. For a year? Yeah. So your seventh year of life, you were just traveling around the world. Yeah. Do you remember it? Seven's mm, pretty young. Yeah, it is. I, I remember stupid things, you know, like I cut myself with a knife in Fiji <laughs> trying to open a coconut. I played soccer in Thailand with a bunch of random kids that I didn't speak their language other than the language you don't talk of soccer. Time. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you kick it, I kick it. I was like, yeah, I, get, I, I got it. Soccer, right. <laughs> Did you go to school during that time? I was homeschooled by my parents. What was it? First grade, I guess that would be. Yeah. Which is not that important. <laughs> like additions, subtractions. I mean, it's, you know, it's probably why I didn't get straight A's throughout schools, but... So, so I like that. I like that question because there's this quote by it's like attributed to Aristotle, but it's like give me the give me the boy until seven, and I'll show you the man. And the idea is that like the first seven years of your life set you up for how you're going to be as an adult for the rest of your life. That's so wild. Like, I'm what what I think is really cool about that is like so at seven you were traveling around the world with your parents, having all these crazy experiences that you probably don't even remember most of them. Yeah. But then, how does that get you to where you are now? You know, you're a professional model. You've been how long have you been modeling for? I've been modeling for nine years. Nine years. You're 33. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, and you live. You're based in Nashville now. You used to be based here in LA. Yep. But you flew out here for a job. Yep. So, still have my agencies in LA and uh, have an agency in New York and then Nashville and kind of just go where the work. So, you're still kind of doing the same thing, just traveling around the world. Yeah. Having weird experiences with people who, you know, maybe you speak the language, maybe you don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I always think if I never went around the world, what I would be like, and I think I would be a completely different person. And I think it has a lot to do with kind of what you're saying about the first seven years of your life. Yeah. I mean, it was at the tail end of, you know, those seven years. But, uh, yeah, I think that kind of pretty much shaped who I was. Yeah, I mean, it sets you up to be a person who desires experiences and, like, new experiences in particular in places yeah. that may be a little uncomfortable. You know, a lot of going, like, going to show up to set, you don't even know what you're getting into half the time. Yeah. Like, you're like, is this... Are we in a studio? Are we outside? Do I have a fake girlfriend? Do I have children? Like, they don't tell us anything, yeah. which I think is a really interesting part of the job because I'm a pretty, like, controlling person, like, pretty type A, like, routine-based, and I think that having a little bit of chaos and unpredictability is important for me, just sort of, like, let go of the reins a little bit. Yeah, thanks. And uh, open up myself up to new experiences and new challenges and, you know, stuff that I can't control. I think that's a good thing for me. I think it's a good thing for everyone just to have a little bit of that. I mean, some people need more of it. Some people need a little less. But, yeah, I think it's 
it's it's it's I think it is important for everyone to have that. Well, let's go back nine years ago. How did you start modeling? Um, so I went to school for TV film. I, I planned on being an editor. Mm-hmm. And then as I was in school, I realized that I didn't want to be an editor because you just sit at a desk all day. Yeah, and behind your screen. And yeah. kind of like lose your mind. Right. And so, I mean, I, was, I got my degree and... I got out of school, I went to an internship, because that's what you do, and I went to the internship and I met a guy there that also did TV and film, but went to a private uh, school. Mm-hmm. Just, it was he, that's all they did was film stuff and edit it and create it. Whereas I learned a little radio, a little TV, a little film, a little directing, a yeah, little you do all the read books, it was kind of like, yeah. So, the amount of knowledge that he had over me was Disturbing. Staggering. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm so screwed. <laughs> yeah. But there was a talent or someone was supposed to come in that day to our studio where I was interning and then he didn't show up and I kind of filled his spot and they're like, wow, you've never done anything like this? I'm like, no. But I understand the how, you know, cameras, I understand what we're trying to portray. Yeah, you've been behind the scenes, so. so you know what they're looking for. Yeah. So I, I, I get it. And so they, that kind of just like made my mind, a door open up in my mind going, huh, what if I kind of thought about doing some other stuff like this? And I didn't have any clue of as how I would ever go about that. So I didn't really, that thought kind of disappeared. And yeah. I was a big, avid Craigslister. Yeah. I would always look for new jobs, new opportunities on Craigslist. Yeah. And then, yes, me too. I've gotten a lot of furniture. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, and I, I, it's how I found my ballet job at the time. And then I found the job. It was like, for it was for Adidas, mm-hmm. and they're like, we need a guy who can do parkour and some running, and for Adidas, and we'll pay you five hundred dollars a day for two days. And yeah. I was like, and at that time, I was you know making. Nine dollars an hour. Right, five hundred dollar check for one day of work is like. And I was like, Adidas, Adidas are sweet, you know. They had me with the brand and everything, so I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. So I went to the audition, and I'm I parked and I'm walking up to the park that we're all meeting at, all the parkour talent. Yeah. And like when I say I did, I could do parkour. I mainly loved jumping, climbing, and kind of doing that kind of stuff. I didn't, I thought I invented parkour back in the day, but <laughs> I called it freestyle running. And all I could do was run up a, a slanted wall or a tree and do a backflip. That's pretty legit. It's sweet. Yeah. But it's not sweet if there's no slanted trees in the park. <laughs> and I'm walking up to this group and there, a guy just kind of throws his leg over his head and does like a 360 backflip. And I stopped and yeah. I was like, I'm not going to this. Yeah. And I walked back to my car, opened the door, sat in my car, and I was like, I just drove from Orange County to LA. I'll just go to this. Yeah, I'm not right. So I got back out, went to the thing, and then the photographer's like, So, like, do us, show us your move. Like, what's your thing? And I'm like, There's no slanted trees, and I don't know what to do right now. So I was like, uh, I could jump over that car, <laughs> the width of it. And he's like, yeah, do that. So I did that, and I ran a little bit, and they're like, all right, we'll call you. And I'm like, okay, sweet. Right. 
And then they called me and I basically had to do another audition at a gymnasium. Same thing, bunch of guys that are amazing and they're doing all their best tricks and I'm over here jumping over a block or something stupid. And then I booked the job and we didn't do any parkour. Yeah, half the time auditions are like, we need extreme downhill mountain bikers. Like, must be able to like base jump off a cliff with a mountain bike like, and a parachute. And you get there and it's like, okay, like, take this bike out of this truck and that's it. Like, don't go too fast though. Yeah, You're like slow down. Like, you know, maybe like stand across it. You know, let's get wild. Like, it's yeah. never. But make the face like you're going really fast. Yeah, it's it's never what you what they claim it's going to be in the audition. But I've had auditions like that. Where it's like, we're looking for athletic guys who, like, some play basketball, some play baseball, and like, you show up to the park, and it's like, dude's dunking in a line, and you're like, fuck this, <laughs> why am I here? But, at the end of the day, they're not necessarily looking for the best basketball player, they're looking for someone with the best personality, the look they're looking for. Yeah, that can portray what they're going for. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I, I mean, I learned that on that shoot, and we, I think I jumped... I did a foot plant off a wall, just mm-hmm. stepped off a wall. That was the parkour, all the parkour I did. Yeah. And even the guys with me were really good, and they were, like, getting frustrated because they're like, I thought we were going to do parkour. Dang it. And I'm sitting there going, this is kind of sweet, though, guys. We're still getting paid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you get that check, so you get a thousand bucks for two days of work. Yeah. And yeah. I got to stay in hotels. Like, you know, they put me up in the hotels. My first time I got to see, um, like the catering and set food and stuff like that, which yeah. is usually pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, for an Adidas job, you're going to have good craft services, craft exactly. food, and free food. And you're like, it kind of, you're kind of like, oh, like this is a way to make money. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and so from then on, I got back on Craigslist and I was like, I'm going to just start looking for these jobs. Yeah. <laughs> And there's not many of those jobs on there, but I did find another one for Mizuno. Mm-hmm. It was the photographer, I think, auditioned, like, finding, trying to find talent, run, runners. And he, again, he had me meet him in LA. And so he's like, just run up and down the sidewalk. I'm going to take up some photos and that's it. I'm like, sweet. And then he did. He's like, you know, you have a really good look and I think they're going to love you. And, uh, you can, you, you know, I think you'll, they'll hire you for this job do you have an agent? And I'm like, mm, no. So like, you need an agent. I know an agency and you, they're called um, Sports and Lifestyle Unlimited and you should sign with them because there's a lot of running jobs and I think you could book a lot of them because you have good form and a good look and you're easy to get along with and you should be with the agency. And I was like, okay. So he kind of set that up. I met with him and that was like... The rest is history. It just like snowballed into tons of running jobs at the beginning. Well, it's interesting because I have a similar story in how I got started. I was working full time and didn't really like the whole office life. So I was kind of like I was in LA. So I thought maybe I could try to get into modeling or like something talent based. So I could just have more of like a flexible schedule. And I did the whole thing where like you submit photos to agency websites and you know, you, I had no portfolio, no book to speak of. I had no idea what I was doing. And like, you don't hear back from those submission things. And then one day, my... Unless they want money. Yeah, unless they want money. <laughs> then that's like the ultimate red flag. You have to sign with that agency. Yeah. But my buddy was a photographer. His girlfriend was a pretty successful model already. And she'd been doing a lot of work for Skechers. And they knew that the creative director for Skechers was looking for someone they could hire as a runner for a shoot. 
they didn't have to pay the full agency rate. <laughs> um, and they were like, you run, right? Like, can you just like go meet with the photographer? So I went down to the sketcher's office and this guy, Luke, who yeah. is like a big videographer for sketchers, did a few recordings of me running and like took some pictures of me. I had long hair at the time. So like, yeah, we're looking for someone with long hair. Um, and I booked the job and I show up at like 5 a.m. to the sketcher's office and all these models show up and it's me. I'm the only one without an agency and it's me and like six or eight other models. And I realized it was legit when they like gave us our, our outfits and they're like, all right, everybody change. And everyone in one room just like changed. Drop, drop, drop. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we're doing this. Like this is, <laughs> and I just kind of like took a deep breath and was like, all right, I'm going to keep up with these models. And we did four different locations all over LA. We probably ran 20 miles that day. And I think at the, the second location, which is Echo Park, Echo Park Lake, Zach shows up late because his agent <laughs> didn't tell him that he was supposed to be there. And I already kind of like buddy-buddied up to one of the other models, this guy, JJ. And then Zach shows up late and rolls in. He already knows JJ. So like they're best buds. I'm kind of like, oh, I'm not that cool anymore. And then Zach like takes his shirt off to put on his... I'm like, fuck, this guy's got like great abs. Like, damn it, I was so intimidated by you. And uh, the shoot went well. Like I hit all my marks, kept up with everyone at the end of the day. The creative director was just like, do you have an agency? And I said, no. And she said... You know, like that part said to you, like there's this agency, Sports Select Sound Limited. You should, you know, you should be with them. And through that connection, I started SLU, and now we have the same agency. You definitely kept up because I didn't even really realize that it was like your first shoot ever. ever. I, just, <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I just, I just grouped you in with the other talent and was like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, he's doing good. Everyone's doing good. And so I connected with SLU. I got signed by them. And I was, you know, this is 2012, maybe. So, like, Instagram modeling wasn't, like, what it is. Now. Instagram was barely what it is now. And you, I thought, like, oh, like, I have an agency now? Like, I'm, I'm done. I'm set. Like, I'm just going to be a model. Fly like an eagle. Yeah, like, that is not the case. Like, I, mean, I booked another job with them immediately. Like, this direct booking. So, I didn't have to audition. And it was another job for, like, $500 a, a, for the day, which is you know, okay rate, but like, I was like, oh, like, I'll just keep booking jobs forever. <laughs> and then <laughs> quickly realized like, that is not the And case. you were, you, you had, you had your first job or two jobs, but you had yet to do the other half of this industry, which is the auditioning. Yeah. Part, which is a whole nother, diff, a whole nother demon in itself of like. Yeah. I mean, auditioning is its own skill. It has nothing to do with what you're going to bring to set. It's all about the personality and the look and the, just knowing little tricks like look at the camera the yeah. camera can't see you the director can't see you and then they're not going to book you yeah um but so yeah the next couple of years i booked a job here and there i was doing freelance design work on the side and like you know working on my portfolio but not doing as much as i could and then i booked a job with zach in Mount Shasta. Yeah, yeah. And we flew up to Redding, California, drove to Mount Shasta, and spent two days running around the mountain for Merrill doing a trail running commercial with me. Beautiful location. Zach and this other model from our agency named Steph Cordial. And it was just like the best week ever. Best couple days ever. We just I would have I would have paid them to do Yeah. It was a paid vacation. I've been to Mount Shasta twice on my own paying for the trip. (laughs) And then I go there and they pay me I mean, a lot of money for two days of work, plus like hotel, yeah. everything's covered. And Zach and I just got along like gangbusters. Yeah. Even if I was, I remember like I showed up to the set, 
I showed up to the airport and saw Zach at the airport. And then we met up with Steph, the other model. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, it's this guy that like I'm intimidated by. Fuck. <laughs> it's this guy again. Yeah, and then we were on the plane, and I had to sit by myself while Zach and Steph got to sit next to each other. And I was like, this is how it's going to go. Okay. And then I remember Steph asked Zach, she asked you, like, what else do you do? Which is a pretty common question oh, yeah. on set because it's hard to be a full-time model. Yeah. And Zach goes, nothing. And I was like, <laughs> he's fucking killing it. So confident. Yeah. Nothing. And we had such a good time on that shoot. The final product was amazing. And that was the yeah. job where I was like, okay, Zach's doing this full time. This is the most fun I could imagine having for a paid job. I want to make this a full time gig. And after that, I worked really hard on you know, doing test shoots with photographers yeah. to build my book up, um, taking more classes on how to audition. Um, and pretty soon thereafter, I went full time with it. So. Not only was Zach on my first shoot, he was also on the shoot that inspired me to go full time, and that's you know that's why I wanted to do the first podcast with you because you yeah, yeah. such an inspiration to me. That's awesome. I mean, it's yeah, it it's just weird too because you do meet some amazing people on on set, and you know you're you kind of get used to meeting all these new people where you kind of become friends very quickly because you're shooting three days in a row and you're with them 12 hours a day. Yeah, three, yeah, sometimes just one. Yeah, and then and then a lot of times, to be honest, unless there's like, for me at least, unless there's something that really stands out about the person, I either probably won't see him for a long time or ever talk to him again. Yeah. But yeah, we, we got along super well. So then the fact that we worked together again, I was like, Okay, this has just got to be like, yeah. we're friends now. Yeah, because after Mount Shasta, we booked a job in St. Lucia, yeah. which was we spent a week at a resort in St. Lucia just doing all the resort activities with a bunch of other miles from our agency. And that was another job that was like, is this fair? Like, are we, is, it, is it fair that we're like getting paid to do this? And there, there's a, quite a few times where you feel like that on set where yeah. you're just like, this, I don't think this should, this. I don't get it. Yeah. But at the same time, for every job you book and every good payday, there's countless hours of driving around LA, yeah. going to castings where you walk in and it's just 30 beautiful men. And you're like, what, what are the chances, you know? Well, I've always, everyone's been, you know, you have a unique look. You have such a unique look. Yeah. Well, in LA, when you go to an ethnically ambiguous yeah. audition and you walk in, I'm like, I apparently don't have a unique look right. at all. Everyone looks like me here, and yeah. I don't know how I'm going to book this. Yeah, I mean, the competition is so stiff that everything's so saturated now. There's so many agencies, so many models, and in this like new Instagram age, I think more and more people are moving to LA trying to, to get famous, trying to become Instagram models, trying to become professional models, and yeah. you know, the, the cream does rise to the top, but it takes a lot of fucking work. It does, like, I will say, because you start talking to the production crew, the photographer, the hairstylist on set, and they're all doing the same thing as far as hustling. Mm -hmm. um, but it's so nice to hear. The other day, one photographer was saying how they hired an Instagram mm -hmm. kind of uh, model. And he, he wasn't complaining about her necessarily, but he was just saying... She didn't really know what she was doing. She had 
thousands upon thousands of followers. Yeah. But she couldn't, because a, a lot of what we, we do, especially commercial, even though it's print, it is acting in a way because I, I act and they, they capture an image while I'm acting. Right. Because print means just photos. Yeah. But you have to have, like, the camera catches everything in print because it's one image. Yeah. And if, like, the emotion's not behind your eyes, yeah. you're not, like, at least pretending to feel the things you're supposed to feel in the scene, like, you're going to know. Everyone's going to know. It's not going to translate. And so, yeah, you have to be acting. And, be and there is the times where it is a little more, there's been some ones where the, the job or the photographer is you're posing where you feel a little bit like you're just a statue and mm-hmm. you're kind of just there and it's you're you're set in your position and that's it and it's not really so much acting but I mean for me I don't really like that necessarily but those moments where they can capture a a, a beautiful moment of a smile of a cheers maybe the, the yeah. beer splashes that's that's when you really, I'm like, this is awesome, this is sweet, because it's, it's, it's art. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you come from the editing side of things, you were trained in editing, and then I studied fine art, photography. Yeah. Um, once you've been on the other side of the camera, you know, you know what that photographer is looking for, why the lighting is this way, why the set design is this way, and you can start to pick up on things about like, how to use your body to give them the best composition, how to angle your face to hit the right lights, and it all informs, because it is art. You're evoking an emotion with an image, and that emotion is going to inspire people to hopefully buy a product or whatever you're selling, or, you know, elicit some sort of emotional response that triggers an idea that the marketing team is going for, and it all trickles back down to, you know, it is is advertising, but it's... And to bring a back with uh, the Instagram models that have kind of come into our side of the industry. They, it's nice because I think people think it would be an easy transition and they're, I think the talent and even the photographers or the production is a little bit shocked. They're like, oh, they don't really know because it's not the same. They don't know. Yeah. But it also kind of goes back to that issue of control. Like when you're an Instagram influencer, you have complete control over the content you're putting out. You can take 1,200 selfies to find the perfect one with your FabFitFun box or whatever yeah. you're promoting. And on set, it's like, no, we have 15 minutes to get this shot and we're moving on to this setup and we're going to... You know, and you oftentimes know. they choose an image that I'm like, oof. I know. <laughs> I don't really look that good. Yeah. And that's the other thing is like, we take so many photos on a day of shooting and maybe you can find one or two out there in the wild when they finally get released. Probably not. And yeah. you know, tracking down images to add to your book as a tear um, is one of the hardest parts of this job. Yeah, it's, you're 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 better off testing with photographers and getting photos that way because you're probably never going to see yeah. <laughs> unless you know a friend sees. Oh, I saw you on this ad, and that's how I find most of my stuff. Is friends like helping me out basically by like, yeah. hey saw you on this one I'm like oh where was that where'd you find that how did I find it like oh it was this sponsored Instagram post that's now disappeared forever <laughs> you'll never find it <laughs> that was 10 years ago I'm pretty sure they shouldn't be using that still but uh, where is it yeah and that's one of the things I realized about building your portfolio is like it goes back to the idea of like oh I'm a model now like I just show up and they're like you're beautiful like we must have you and it's just not the case and like Especially with auditioning, and you know, when the when your agency submits your photos to a potential client, like 
they don't have a lot of creativity in terms of, okay, I can see what he would look like in a suit in the, you know, driver's seat of a Mercedes. I can see what he would look like in a flannel at a campsite inside of a mountain. You have to have those images already in your portfolio if you want to book that job. Yeah. Like you, you have to shoot the work you want to book. And it's a little frustrating because you're like, I can't you just see me in this situation? But they can't. But imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and we were talking, I was talking to my agent, the same agent we have at SLU, and he was saying that, you know, we do a lot of fitness stuff. And he's like, I could put a note that says this talent won an Olympic gold medal in volleyball. But if they don't have a photo of them playing volleyball, they're not going to book the job over someone who does. Because, you know, that's why a lot of times they'll ask to see footage of you doing a sport that you claim you can do because they don't want you to get to set and not be able to back up your claimed parkour skills. (laughs) Even though it probably doesn't matter, they could probably find someone on the street and drop them into a set and it would work. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of money on the line and they can't risk you not being what you say you are. Yeah. And it's funny because you also get those times where... You're working for, like, I think it was for a hotel. And they're like, you know, we wanted to hire people that already work with our hotel. Yeah. Because it's going to be one cheaper. And they're here. They're at our disposal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it'll just be better that way. And so they try to do that. And usually the photographer, well, in this instance, the photographer was like, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, I understand where you're coming from. But, you know. I think using talent is a must because it translates that they've never done this before. Yeah. And it's going to translate in their face that they've never done this before. So they sure enough did it and they had to redo the whole shoot and use talent instead of the workers because mm-hmm. it's, yeah, like we we're saying, it's not just a, a picture of them taking a picture of you. You stand and smile and you're done. It's you, you have to be very comfortable with yourself. Super comfortable. And be okay with looking maybe not that good or whatever and you know create that moment and it's it's a lot harder than it seems and every time I've heard of anyone like kind of starting to do it there is an aha moment where they're like oh yeah this is this is not easy (laughs) yeah I think you have this idea in your head of like what a model is and some of that's informed by Zoolander and like parody (laughs) movies and a lot of it, you know, you see these images since you're a kid, like, you know, Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue when I was like a little kid. Or, yeah. You know, you know about the Victoria's Secret Angels or you know about like, you know, famous male models like Tyson Beckford or whatever. But like, when you get that camera in front of your face, it's like this, it's like Tally Gang's like, I don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> yeah. or my face. Yeah. So like, what are the, some of the tips that you picked up or things you learned? Because I'm always learning. Every time I'm on set, I'm learning from the other models from the photographer, from the client. So, like, what are some of the early pieces of advice or tips you figured out, you know, once you got with SLU and started booking jobs? Photographers always say, just act natural. Right. (laughs) And I get why they say it now that I've done it so much that the more you kind of are comfortable, super comfortable, and almost don't care... Mm -hmm the better the images are usually 
because you're just so comfortable and you've done this before. Like if you're not trying too hard, if you're trying too hard, it's going to translate again yeah. through the camera and it's going to show oh, that you look like you're trying too hard. You look like you're trying to model. Yeah. Are you trying to poop right now? Yeah. yeah. Trying to poop. I mean, when I look at some of my early images, especially like hilarious headshot stuff, like I'm doing this like frowny Justin Bieber pout and it's like, it's so cringeworthy. Like maybe I'll, I'll share some of those photos because they're so embarrassing, but it's just like one of the best pieces of advice I got from someone I was dating who was a very successful model. She's like, don't do anything with your face. Like, maybe break your lips, um, but like, just be attractive. And like, that's such a pretentious thing to say, but like, you're on set for a reason. You have a look that they want, whether that's, and print modeling, like, it's not just beautiful people. They have grandmas down to babies. Like, any image you've ever seen on an app or the side of a box, like, that's modeling. Yeah. And, you know, you're there for a reason. So, like, you don't have to do too much. You know, hit yeah. your marks and be in the position they want. and you know, elicit the emotional engagement with the other actor or your models that you need to do. But other than that, like, you can't force it. Yeah. I kind of learned that by taking photos of models. Because mm -hmm. you get those people that are trying really hard and they do the Zoolander. Yeah. And you're like... Or the trying to poop face. And my... <laughs> yeah. And my, and my thought, or the what I explained to one um, girl I was shooting once, I just said... Okay, so your fa your face is beautiful mm -hmm. when you're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's you don't need to do anything. Just just, just look that beautiful. way. Yeah. Look that way. Now look that way. And it's a lot harder for pretty much everyone than you would think to just like okay, I just okay, I'm, I'm, I just don't do anything with my face. I don't try really at all. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it's it's a it's it's a weird one. The act natural. Pack that. I mean, it's because everything about a set is so unnatural. So unnatural. there's lighting everywhere. You're in this little vignette of a scene, but then around you are 30 production members just staring at you, yeah. and they're not judging you. They're just doing their jobs. But the focal point is you. And I think so. The first after I booked that sketcher shoot, the first big thing I booked with SLU was uh, an Apple commercial, nice. which I probably can't even say because of my NDA, but whatever. I did an That's Apple Watch. Apple, AP, yeah. <laughs> I did an Apple Watch ad before anyone knew that Apple Watch existed, nice. which was so cool. And it was my first time being. This is like a million dollar a day shoot, huge production. And I found that you know you get to that point where they're ready, they're getting you in position, they're ready to start shooting, and there's so much laser focus on you. Like I said, all points of focus are on the talent and the camera, and that like that small space between the two. And I found that under that sort of pressure, I functioned really well That's because awesome. the lighting guy, his lights are set up. The sound guy is running his sound. The camera guy is in position. The director's doing his job. The clients are watching the monitor. Like I have no excuse to be the one who's dropping the ball here. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, being on set is so much downtime, so much going to the crafty table and eating chocolate covered almonds or gummy bears. But then when you have that moment, that 1% of the day where you have to hit your mark, like you just have to do it. There's no excuse. Yeah. And you could be nervous. And that's and that's kind of hard because, I mean, you said it's it works for you and you enjoy that and you shine. But uh, like you're saying, you're at the crafty table, you're reading, maybe you're Instagramming, whatever you're doing throughout the day, you're kind of like 
downtime. You're just not doing much. But then when it's time to go, you're like thrown into a whirlwind of like, yeah. okay, it's on you now. Yeah. Go. And that like that transition, you have to just kind of be ready. And it's the same with auditions too. They're, you're like, hush, waiting in line, waiting in line. Okay, camera, go. What's your name? Act funny. Do a yeah. dance. And yeah. yeah. You have one minute maybe to be engaging, have a big personality, be charming. You know, the director's looking at you, the client's looking at you, they're all looking at you from this tape, and it's like, dude, I want to spend 12 hours working with this guy. <laughs> and that's a big part of it, is like, are you just, like, an enjoyable person to be around? Yeah. And I think the pressure of auditioning, I also really like, because I've done the, like, you know, the desk job where you can go in and sort of just do the bare minimum for eight hours and then clock out and go home and then live your life, but... You know, I drive around town most days just going to auditions, and if I don't bring my best self to that audition, I'm not going to work like, yeah. the next week. And a lot of times, I was driving in traffic. I'm frustrated. Yeah. I'm, you know how you feel when you're done driving in traffic, but then you have to go in front of a camera and act like you're not totally uh, frustrated and just like mad at the guy that was in front of you or whatever it was. You have to act super happy mm -hmm. and you're with your buddies at the bar or whatever yeah. it is and you I mean yeah acting acting <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I like the idea that every day every time you audition you have a chance to prove how much you want to still be doing this yeah and I've met people who are like I'm just tired of the grind like, I'm tired of running around auditioning and I'm just like that's too bad but good like drop out <laughs> <laughs> get out of there I don't like I want to just let people fall away because it's it's such a hustle it's, I mean, you have those weeks where you don't book anything, those months where you don't book anything, where it slows down, and you're like, am I done? Like, is that, is that it? <laughs> Do I need to get a real job? Is that my run? Is that yeah. all I had? Yeah, and then, and then, you know, next week they're like, hey, we actually need you in um, Texas, we're going to be shooting a thing, and then someone else, your other agent or whatever it is, messaged you, and you booked another job, and guess what? They're on the same day. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times... I've had, I don't know, a couple of weeks where I have no work, and then I'll get three jobs stacked on top of each other, and you just have to, like, I just always remember that there's enough work to go around, like, someone else is going to take those jobs, who needs it, I'll take my job. It hurts, though. It it's giving up work. So Happened to me recently, I went to San Francisco for a regular client, I did a lot of, like, Levi's Ecom, and it overlapped with an Oakley job, Ooh. and that's just such a cool client, because those are the jobs you know where you're going to be on location, whether it's playing golf or snowboarding, like it's it's like those paid vacation type jobs. Yeah. And I had to turn it down. Yeah. But someone else booked it. They had a great time. <laughs> I'm super happy with them. But it's also sometimes being unavailable is good. Like when they can't book you, then they remember you the next time and say, Oh, well, we want to get that guy because he was too busy for us. Yeah. He's a little there's an element of being a little too cool for school is helpful. The other day I I mean, usually you always try to like, yeah, I'm available, like whatever you need, anytime. Yeah. Yeah. And the other day I was like, I'm not really available, but I'll do it if you book me for two days. You fly me, f I said this to my agent, I was like, they have to book me for two days. They have to fly me um, from LA instead of Nashville where I am. So I'm flying from LA and they actually have to fly me back to San Francisco because that's during the time where I would have driven up to San Francisco. Yeah. Um, so I had so many little boxes to check and they came back and they're like, yeah, they're going to book you. And I'm like, oh, wow. yeah. they still want me? That's cool. 
Yeah, it's like one of those things where you see people go into auditions and they're like shaking everyone's hand and being just way too enthusiastic and that's a little off-putting because auditions kind of like dating. You want the person who's just out of like your league, who's just like a little like, yeah. like ooh, like I want to want to hang out with that guy. I'm not sure we can get him. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like, be a nice person. Don't be a dick. Don't go in there thinking you're, you know, some badass because one, that doesn't work. One thing I see at auditions that I never understood was so I don't know what your take is on this, but if I'm going on a di- to an audition for Target and you know, you kind of get the breakdown. Okay, the scene is like you're enjoying tea or like drinks outside with friends or something, mm-hmm. barbecue. I'm going to dress like I'm going to a barbecue. Yeah. For Target. As you should, yeah. Like, I'm going to wear stuff that I'm like, this looks like I bought it at Target. Yeah. And I'm going to play the part at the audition. And a lot of times I get there and, you know, people, they got their whole black holy jeans, big black boots, and, like, leather jacket on. And I'm like... Yeah, the L.A. dude look. <laughs> I'm like, you do not look the part at all. Like, yeah. you're not convincing. Have you seen a Target all. ad? Do you know what they wear at Target ads? But I don't know if that... I don't... Does that even matter? 100%. Like, 100%. I always thought... I mean, I don't... So, like, it's funny because now everyone has Netflix and Hulu and doesn't have TV, but, like... If I'm in a bar and there's a TV, I'm just watching commercials. I'm like, what are what are thirty year old guys with beards wearing at a barbecue? What are they wearing when they're driving their kids in their car? Yeah. You know, because like it goes back to the idea of they don't have creativity. You have to be the exact person they're looking for. Yeah. So I just I'm shooting a commercial for PetSmart next week. I you know had an audition, a callback, and before the first audition, they sent us the the creative boards. Nice. So you see like the storyboards of how the commercial is going to be. And I saw that my character was wearing a short sleeve button down open with like Vans type shoes and jeans. And I wore that to the audition because they purposely drew this scene to look exactly like this. And I was the only person wearing that outfit. I was like, did you guys not look at the boards? And I booked it. Yeah, I did a fine job in addition to the callback, but I attributed to like, I was the guy in the storyboards. And it's just, that's such an easy trick. They want it to be easy. They want their job to be done. And that's something I learned in one of my auditioning classes was like, they don't want to see all these people. Like, you know, they don't want to sit there through 40 auditions. They're going to have to, but they, if you can walk in at the beginning of the day, be dressed the way your character's supposed to dress, you know, nail the scene, they're going to, good, we got it, we're done. They want, they want to be done with their job. So make their job easy, you know, make it a no brainer. Yeah. One thing I struggled to, because as you know, as I, been on the other side of the camera and you know I have ideas and thoughts when I'm on set but as talent other talent should know this if they don't know this but you you don't say anything yeah don't unless it's not your position unless someone asks you a question or like there are times when you can kind of get chummy with the director and know if it's okay to maybe suggest something but what I would recommend is don't suggest it in the downtime between takes, maybe just do it. Yep. And they'll be like, oh, I like what you did there. And it happens every single time. Yeah, I think you told me that. Where it's yeah. like, I just like, you know, they have a little downtime. The photographer's kind of like, they're talking about stuff. And I'll, I'll just be like, it'd be cool if I sat on this wall or yeah. walked on the wall. So I get on the wall and I kind of do my own thing. And 90% of the time, the photographer goes, ooh, you know what? Actually, do that again. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think the photographer and then no. <laughs> and they should because they, you want it to be their idea. Yeah. You know, directors and photographers are 
I mean, they get paid a lot because they're so talented. It's not easy to capture images that are, you know, stylistically on trend and effortless. But they they want to. There's a little bit of self-importance that they want to maintain. Yeah. So if you go up and be like, "Oh, I think you should do it this way," they're gonna be like, "No," and I'm never booking you again. Just smile. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> and like, also little things on set go a long way as far as like if they want to use you again. I mean, running jobs. Every time the photographer says, all right, this is the last shot, it's not the last shot. It's never. There's going to be so many more shots in that scene or whatever. So if I'm running and I hit a mark, I, I do a light jog back to the beginning again because I know we're going to shoot it again. Yeah. And I'm amazed that every single time I'm running with people that they don't, they'll just stand there and look at him and he's like, okay, back to the start. Mm-hmm. Okay, ba-, and they tell him every time, back to the start. And I'm literally, it gets to the point where it's almost awkward sometimes where I'm at the start waiting for the other talent. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you not know that we're just gonna do this again and you should just go back there? Because well, you, it's again, that's so much downtime. You get sort of lulled into this like, yeah. oh, like we're just hanging out, being pampered and taking care of. But when you're on the set, when it's your time to shoot, be fucking ready. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about being on set is you, know, you get into all these random conversations with the grip or the PA or the crafty person. But when you hear, like, Zach, when you need it on set, you can literally stop a conversation mid-word and just walk away. Yeah. And there's no other, like, experiences where you're allowed to just cut off a conversation and rudely walk away. Yeah, just leave. But you have to be ready. And everyone gets it, too, yeah. which is cool. No one's offended because... You know, the machine's got to move. Yeah. And it's, I just love that. <laughs> You're like, bye. You didn't even yeah. say bye. You just walk away. It's time. Yeah. Hey, Zach. Yep. Yep. Gone. Yeah. And that's a good piece of advice. Just be ready when it's your time. Be ready to go. Be eager. Reset yourself. Yeah. And like you are saying, make it easy. Make it easy for them. Yeah. They'll remember that. Yeah. And it's painful when you're... Oh, it's really painful. One thing I will do sometimes is I will tell talent what to do. Yeah. Cause they, I'm helping them if anything, Yeah, you know, just, I mean, it makes everyone's job easier and you should be open to advice from models because you know, maybe they have more experience than you. Maybe they have more experience in a particular style of shoot than you. Yeah. I mean, I remember when we were on Mount Shasta, we were doing just endless takes of running and we're at altitude and you know, there's drones flying. There's no time for us to like catch our breath. But then we, I was running behind you and you just turned around and like, did some sort of like kind of like running through, like breathing through your teeth, like sort of, it looks intense, but it's a good way to like, you know, oh, yeah, get yeah. your breath in. And I knew exactly what you're doing. You're like, you were saying, do this. And then we both just did it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you want to be done for the day. You want to wrap early. You yeah. don't want to overextend your time. And every once in a while you want that, like, I mean, every once in a while you get that call that, um, to your agent where the producer's like, Hey, they were awesome. Right. Your agents get feedback about you from every shoot. They ask. Yeah. They want to know. Yeah, that's it's it's nice when you click with someone on set and you guys just kind of crush it together. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so do you have any last parting words for our listeners? Or listener, because it's probably just going to be listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever thought about modeling or getting into this world, like, give it a shot. I mean, it's definitely, it's not for everyone, that's yeah. for sure. The really just get on set and see what you like about being on set. Yeah. You might be more attracted to the art department yeah. or to, um, you know, lighting or working the cameras. Like that might appeal to you more. But if you're interested in the entertainment, you should always get on set. Yeah, get on set. And then, like I said, it's a nice thing to just have, even if you're doing 
something else. If you're a realtor and yeah. you're doing that part-time, it's a nice thing to just kind of have in your back pocket where they're like, hey, can you work this job? Mm-hmm. It's five grand for the day. Yeah, I mean, I just worked with a police woman who, like, on her days off, she models. And I've worked with teachers and people in the military who have, you know, six weeks leave. And Yeah, it's, so it's, it's a, a great, cool little side gig if yeah. you want it to be that. And I think I'll always have it there, and whether it's full-time or part-time or once in a while or whatever it is, but I'll always have it, and I think it's a good good thing to have. And, like, I mean, as we're talking, we're relating it to life and just, like, yeah. working like making it happen and work and being a good person and you're related you can relate it to life so it kind of helps you with just like your day-to-day as well i think as going to auditions oh. meeting new people auditions in general i mean i used to be the person who you know in college on the first day of class where they make you say like my name is michael i'm from st louis and i'm interested in it like you're like hey, i used nice. to watch that like that go around the room and get closer to me and be like sweating my heart would race i would get so nervous to do that i was like so insecure and self-conscious at a young age, but after thousands of auditions, like I can walk in any room and talk about anything because it's just like, get put in the weirdest scenarios. Like, okay, go be impressive, be engaging, be personable, you know, make us want you. And that has built my confidence. So, I mean, so greatly over the past five, six years, how long I've been doing this. Yeah. That's only one of the ways that, you know, modeling has informed my day to day life. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, yeah, so if you have any interest in it, yeah, absolutely do it. But if you are ethnically ambiguous <laughs> yeah. and about in your 30s, don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> or if you're a white guy, it's rough, <laughs> which you probably are. Apparently everyone is. Maybe, not, maybe, don't, maybe don't do it. Yeah, just, just stay, stay, away stay away from the industry. Don't, we're all full. <laughs> Hollywood's full. Hooked up. Yeah. Hooked up. No need for you. <laughs> but yeah, so get on set. Check cool, it out. Man. Well, thanks for doing this. Yeah, heck yeah. This was fun. I like it. And it's I like tough that. to talk to me for an hour or whatever. <laughs> it's long the, the worst. All right. Uh, we'll see you next time. I know what that might be. Bye. Bye. Bye.